Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post. I have Eon with me. Hi, this is Eon. And I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And Guile. Hi, this is Guile. I'm Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickren on Tumblr. And Clotho. Hi, this is Clotho, and I'm Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Woot woot. Um, so this podcast is heavily, um, spoilerific, um, more so with the Song of Ice and Fire series, because we're delving into some book chapters, specifically Cersei's book chapters, so (laughs) (laughs) grab your wine and put up your feet and let's get crazy. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so happy to be doing book stuff, I don't even care if it's Cersei. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess I'll put out the standard trigger warnings for the potential for rape discussion. Probably some violence, some violent, murderous thoughts, as it is Cersei. (laughs) Um, So we begin with Cersei. She's having a marvelous dream about ruling from on high, perched on the Iron (laughs) Throne, (laughs) until it all turns into a nightmare. And then she's... We get a lot of foreshadowing, I think, Mm -hmm. with these dreams. She's naked. They're laughing at her. And then there's, like, a lot of blood imagery. Yeah, it's almost, I swear to God, and I, you know, have not meant to fall down this road that I'm falling down, but ever since I read The World of Ice and Fire, I have started to consider the possibility that Jamie and, and Cersei may actually be secret Targaryens, and, like, rereading this chapter over the last week, I had a weird, I was like, God, she's having these dreams? It is a little Targaryen-esque. I mean, it is vaguely prophetic, this fucking dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's... Yeah, I secretly weird. believe that. Yeah, for I've kind of fell for that a long time ago. So I, yeah. I still secretly hope of. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I don't know if it's just confirmation bias because I had already kind of started to wonder. But yeah, I'm 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 drinking the Kool Aid, guys. <laughs> <laughs> drinking the Kool Aid. You may love a Targaryen. <laughs> no. no, don't let it be true. <laughs> uh, when she's awoken, it's um by armed men, and they've come to inform her of Tywin's death. Osmond Kettleblack um, tells her of a secret passage found hidden beneath the hearth in the Tower of the Hand. And Cersei immediately thinks of Tommen and... <clears throat> Whoa, are you okay, whoever that was? <laughs> was it here? Is that a Christmas tree falling over? What was that? <laughs> cat that was um, That was cat wrestling. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Knew it. How appropriate, as we're, um, I just mentioned Tommen. <laughs> Mr. Pounce and Lady Whiskers. <laughs> Here we go. She's uh, informed that Jamie was sent. Um, informed that Jamie sent a dozen men to look over Toman, and uh, she also learns that Loris is with him, and that really displeases her. She also asks that they check on Tyrion to make sure he is still in his black cell, and her mind is kind of already starting to go on. You know what potentially this could mean now that Tywin's dead and. I actually selected the passage that I I quite enjoy this bit. It's very poetic. Um, So it's, If Tywin Lannister was truly dead, no one was safe. 
least of all her son upon his throne. When the lion falls, the lesser beasts move in, the jackals and the vultures and the feral dogs. They would try to push her aside, as they always had. She would need to move quickly, as she had when Robert died. This might be the work of Stannis Baratheon through some cat spa. It could well be the prelude to another attack upon the city. She hoped it was. Let him come. I will smash him just as father did. And this time he will die. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like classic Cersei. Everything about this opening, this intro, is just like the perfect setup for what you're going to get in Feast with Cersei. And like that sort of passage, like you just read a lot, is just completely Cersei to the Cerseiest degree. I mean, like she is like so obsessed with keeping and maintaining her power. And the way that she feels like she's on top of it is mm-hmm. just like, it's so much fun to watch. Like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't care if she's crazy. It is so much fun to see her just kind of like, yeah. oh, yes, I've got you guys. While I was reading this chapter, I was just like, man, this is the way Cersei's supposed to be. This, yes. They've totally missed Cersei yes. in show. She's like juicy in the books. Yes. She's really good. She really is. And you know what else I loved? I love the other passage there that where she was talking about how she felt about Tywin being gone. And I think it was really, you know, a really good indicator of, of what her personality situation might be, where she talks about how um, his loss is, is like losing a tooth. It doesn't hurt that much, but she just keeps kind of touching the spot where the tooth used to be with her tongue. Yeah. thought yeah. it was a really, really cool way to put it. You know, it's like clearly she's not really mourning him so much as she's just like trying to adjust to the loss it's really really cool the way that george put that yeah it is that's that's like really astute to bring that up as yeah i mean that that stuck with me too it's not really like how you would picture a daughter mourning the loss of her father (laughs) no i mean i don't think she has i think you know a lot if you kept going on the passage that you read it's you know, there's no more talk of forcing me to wed again. Casterly Rock was hers now and all the power of House Lannister. No one would ever disregard her again. Even when Tommen had no further need of a regent, the Lady of Casterly Rock would remain a power in the land. She doesn't give a shit at all that her dad died. <laughs> no, like, basically, no. she's like within minutes calculating all of the perceived advantages of his death. Yeah, quite a contrast to the Cersei we see in season four, right, when he he dies. And one, two, and well, three. Yeah. And five. five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it reminds me a little bit this passage of Jamie dealing with Joffrey's loss, where he's like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, shouldn't I be feeling something? I mean, Jamie at least knows that he should be feeling something that he isn't feeling, which Cersei doesn't even seem to really have happened. She kind of says something about Catelyn, like, clawing her face oh, up when yeah. Rob died, but. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and it's I so think funny. the difference is that Jamie doesn't really feel anything because Joffrey was an asshole. And, and he doesn't, <laughs> it's not because like of any advantage or anything. It's just like Joffrey was particularly unlikable. Whereas yeah, Cersei, yeah. I think if you you know if you asked her, she liked her father. Well, like, I don't know. She at one point she says, "Because I put one of the quotes down, such a man deserves a retinue to attend his needs in hell." You know, I'm like. Ugh. Oh, oh yeah, when she said he was going to be in hell, I was like, did she really have a good bead on like who Tywin <laughs> actually was? I mean, maybe that's a compliment for her. I don't know. Maybe she's like, <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't necessarily take that. You know, I didn't know what way to. <laughs> There's more wine in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay. Um, so she continues on and um, she goes to the Tower of the Hand and she's irritated that so many people are present there before her. Uh, Kevin is praying beside Tywin's corpse where he has been laid out on the bed. Um, Cersei makes note of the hole in the hearth and you know she's thinking about Tyrion again and no, 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 he's locked up. That's so fine. And uh, Cersei doesn't recognize her father at first. He looks so different in death. And uh, then she has that thought that you mentioned, Chicky, about her grief and if she should be, you know, more upset like Catelyn was when Rob died and how she tore her face to shreds. Um, Cersei is outraged that they've left the body as they have. Uh, He stinks. There's quarrel still in him. And she's thinking how the bell should be ringing. She also... um, makes note she was summoned last and to her that's you know making her too angry for words so we have the big that slighted what is that line that Tyrion has that every everything's a slight and someone help me out oh you know what yeah, I mean no. right like I do know what you mean. Never paranoid. Forget a, yeah forget a yeah. slight yeah I mean yeah. to be fair I feel like of all of the things Cersei's like ever pissed about this one is like the most justifiable. Like I she agree. should be yeah. pissed. And if yeah. she was a man, they would have come to get her first. <laughs> like oh, yeah. this oh. one, she's dead on. She just should be well, pissed about that. You kind of have to give her credit. She's the only one who realizes it actually probably was Tyrion, even though she's trying to tell herself she's paranoid. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that had someone yeah. go make sure that Tyrion's still well, in his cell. And that actually they should get the quarrel out of him and maybe cover up his yeah. like genitals and shit because like. <laughs> horrible like yeah cover him up yeah i mean as 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 like you know kind of deluded and paranoid as she is she has a lot of good points in there like she's seeing things that i don't think you know what i mean again you know it's kind of shaded by the paranoia but she's seen a lot of things that other people aren't picking up on at that point to be fair i mean jamie's already gone at that point and jamie knows exactly jamie knows who did it yeah Yeah. who knows yeah i love it i love it done yeah. I love that she's so upset that Jamie went down the hole himself. And I'm like, yeah, you better believe Jamie went down there because he knows who did it. <laughs> he doesn't want anyone else down there. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how he climbed down. Like, was he hooking his arm over the, you know. Just... Have, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Shh, don't think too hard about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, amazed, like, you guys were defending Cersei. And, like, <laughs> I thought I would have to argue. But, damn, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> So her sense of style is on par with Jamie's when she's like thinking about how he should be dressed in a, a, a decked in a cloth of gold and crimson well, silk. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, you walk in and you see you see all of these people in a room with your dead father who's still who has his pants yanked down and a quarrel sticking from between his groin and his. Yeah, I mean, like, it's humiliating no matter what. That's, yeah, I mean, it's humiliating on top of it. And it's like literally if she knows nothing else of Tywin. She would know, like, how mortified and just, I guess mortified is literally the worst word I could have used. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't want that, let's just say. But I love, too, how Kevin's the only one who you can tell is genuinely mourning Tywin. Kevin's over there, like, praying next to his body or trying to. And everybody else is just being really practical. (laughs) Why the hell wouldn't Kevin cover him up? (laughs) I don't know. Kevin, what are you thinking? (laughs) He was distraught with his grief. I guess so. He's lost in his grief. Um, Pycelle is not coming off well. (laughs) She asks about him. He learns that he's run off to send a message. And uh, she has that line, he has run off to send a message rather than soil his soft, wrinkled hands. (laughs) She gets super pissed that a one-handed Jamie is searching down the tunnel. 
And when she asks for a maester, two guards return with Kyburn. They, you know, make first eye contact and like Me just, cute. I can just hear the music <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> oh, match made in hell, and it's beautiful. Um, he brings her to um, he brings to her attention Shay's body. Uh, Cersei is angry and confused by her presence. Her father had no use for whores, and she thinks of how her grandfather's woman had been made to parade the streets of Lannisport by Tywin. Oh, yeah, I love that that's in the first chapter of this book, or her first chapter of this book. That's really and pretty her, fucking you know, cool. her, her mental gymnastics as she works through, like, why she's there. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is yeah. sure he was just too. questioning her. Yeah. Yeah. She said, yeah. Kai like, oh, yeah, he was probably just questioning her. And she latches <laughs> onto that pretty pretty quick yeah, Kyburn was so quick to, to know that she needed an excuse to to like hang on to for why Shay was there it's really um, too bad Kyburn's a freaking lunatic because I mean he actually would be like a fairly decent advisor mm-hmm. like he's not stupid yeah no. yeah no he's definitely not stupid yeah. um oh this is this is so good though and I love how Cersei's so concerned about the looks of this like she is just She's obsessed with, you know, you were kind of talking about it a lot. She's obsessed with how Tywin looks and she's obsessed with, you know, having having Shay there and making sure that no one knows that Shay was there. You know, she wants to maintain this image that Tywin had or, or her image of Tywin really is what it is that she's trying to maintain. Um, and you, you kind of you kind of have to to love and appreciate that about Cersei. <laughs> she, she really stays pretty consistent with, you know, what's what's most important. It's like, oh, this looks awful. We can't have this. No. I mean, to be again, like, I can't believe I'm going to defend Cersei <laughs> yeah, I like, love it. I twice, love it. which is really irritating. <laughs> I'm sure it'll get like worse as the as the books roll on. But I mean, I think she's also defending and maintaining the Lannister family reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, God knows they've have, you know, they have enough. You know, they've just been, you know, horribly sullied with Tyrion essentially being convicted of murder. Among <laughs> yeah. other things. Yeah, so that now, is very scary per- yeah, you know, precarious position with this. I mean, Tywin was kind of the glue holding it all together. Right. But they have uh, to be perceived yeah. as, you know, the Lannisters still, not yeah. like the tawdry, you know, the tawdry Lannisters. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, too, this little bit of insight that we get about what she promised Shay to get Shay to turn on Tyrion. Um, that was really interesting, too. Um, I remember kind of appreciating that and uh, that she like admits to herself (laughs) the way she says it to herself when she talks about how she basically reneges on the promise that she made to Shay. (laughs) She says she might have promised her like a house and and a knight to marry or something. She's like, uh, you know, Cersei may have promised her this. Like she's talking about herself in the third person, basically, (laughs) like to get out of (laughs) get out of her obligation. (laughs) You're going to have to love it. Yeah, I, I, I like that part, too. Um, you know what I want to do, though? I want to go back a little bit. And we had an Anon come in, and they asked, do you think Tywin and Shay were really lovers? Cersei couldn't believe it. She said Tywin hated whores. Uh, duh, Cersei. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they were banging. They were just, he was reading her passages, and they were naked. Uh, engravings. <laughs> they were looking at some engravings. Some etchings. <laughs> etchings. Some tapestries. <laughs> uh, I don't, I you know, I, I, I can't understand how, I mean, it seems so naive. Like, 
what are what is the theory that you know Shay was planted there and it was all a setup? Oh. Like that Tywin was roughly oh. questioning her by forcing her to be naked. <laughs> that was like Tywin's Citizen Kane moment. That's his rosebud. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, never, exactly. I don't think he had an emotional attachment to her. I don't think there was like, yeah, oh no. Well, isn't there that whole thing about the hand of the king back in the day that had a secret tunnel to one of the whorehouses? Yeah. And, I mean, it's yeah. during Aries, so I think it's assumed that it's Tywin. Yeah, it's got to be Tywin. Mm-hmm. Well, what it is, is it just kind of peels back the layers of the fact that, you know, in the same way that Tywin kind of turned a blind eye to the whole Jamie Cersei thing, you know, I mean, Cersei had turned a blind eye, blind eye to who Tywin well, really was, she- you know. Does she mm-hmm. think he hasn't had sex in like 27 years? <laughs> I mean, on some level, she has to know. I mean, like, you can see that she processes it in a way where it's like she doesn't really believe that it isn't true. But it's like as soon as she gets a lie to latch onto, she latches onto it. But it's like I think she knows that <laughs> I think she knows what's going on. She just doesn't want to think about it. I mean, like any daughter wouldn't want to yeah. think about it. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, obviously. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kyburn here on this one. <laughs> <laughs> She's being questioned. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's see. So we have Osfrid taking the body, and uh, Cersei demands the gold chain of the hand that is still around Shay's neck. Um, she tells him not to take the body through the yard. So again, just trying to keep up appearances. Um, Jamie emerges from the tunnel, and he's covered in soot. He tells Cersei that it is a maze of tunnels and locked gates down there. And he says, whoever did this might still be lurking in the walls. I'm like, oh, no, don't tell her that. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Cersei wants the walls torn down. Jamie comforts her, and she tells him he must be the hand. And then Jamie, like, basically shoves the stump in her face. He's like, really? The hand? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This interaction is so good. I mean, like... You love how they kind of fall into their old roles because it's like here they are in this emotional turmoil. And so they have this moment where they, you know, Jamie just kind of grabs her and hugs her, you know, and it and and you can tell that everything feels normal to Cersei for a minute between them. And then she starts falling back into her old pattern of just telling Jamie what she needs and expecting Jamie to do it. And she has just forgotten again that this, you know, he's not, not doing that anymore. Not <laughs> he's just not Jamie. doing what she wants. <laughs> I like this part, too. It's like just this is a really short passage. But um, when he, you know, says a bad jape sister, don't ask me to rule. And a little bit later, she said um, when he. She, OK, I'm just going to read the whole bit. Their uncle heard the rebuff, Kyburn as well, and the Kettle Blacks, wrestling their bundle through the ashes. Even the guardsmen heard, Puckins and Hoke and the horse leg and short ear. It will be all over the castle by nightfall. Cersei felt the heat rising up her cheeks rule i said not of ruling i shall rule until my son comes of age i don't know who i pity more her brother said Tomin or the seven kingdoms <laughs> and she slaps him <laughs> oh yeah uh that's definitely a shift <laughs> and i love that yeah. kevin yells at him too <laughs> like it's one of those one of those many instances where the lannisters actually feel like an you know a family yeah, that knows know. each other not in like you know the nasty way they actually do, but, you know, just, like, <laughs> brother and sister arguing, you know, arguing loudly when their father dies. Like, this happens. Well, and the kind of hilarity of it that, that you know, Cersei's so obsessed with maintaining this sort of 
view of the Lannisters, and yet they're really so. acting like idiots, you know, in front of everybody. Like for <laughs> the entire like important everybody important in the court can see them acting like actual children, basically. I mean, both Jamie and Cersei are acting like little kids here. I mean, Jamie didn't need to react like that. <laughs> <laughs> It was hilarious, but yeah, he did not need to react like It that. was funny. It was funny, yes. And it's so funny. Well, I mean, it's kind of sad funny how he can't dodge her blow. Like, he tries, but Aww. his hand isn't there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I think there's something in Cersei's thoughts when he hugs her that I thought was telling where it's later she told herself, later he will come to me for comfort. And it's sort of a callback to Jamie, you know, first thinking, like, she's never she never comes to me. Like, she oh, never yeah. thinks, like... Good catch. That, you know, yeah. hey, Jamie's father actually died, too, and perhaps he could use some comfort. Like, it's just such a foreign thought to her. <laughs> well, And it's kind of a callback, too, to, again, after Joffrey dies, Jamie thinks when he's on his way back to King's Landing that, you know, he'll need to find Cersei because it's only with him that she'll have comfort. So it is this weird thing that they have where they, they, they do think they're the only one that the other person can be real with or whatever. But it's so Which far from reality, yeah. Very clearly not the case, <laughs> as we can see. I mean, Jamie has Brienne, Cersei has Kyburn. <laughs> okay, so Cersei wants to slap him again. Um, and then she thinks of abolishing the position of the hand and how they've brought her nothing but grief. Um, John Aaron, Ned Stark, Tyrion, and Tywin. Cersei thinks Kevin would be an obedient hand. Her thoughts turn to the Tyrells. Mace would need to learn he would never rule. Um, she makes mention that a Tyrell has been planted in the King's Guard and his daughter planted in Joffrey's bed, and he means to plant her in him her in Tomans as well. Cersei thinks that she will send Varys to find out what she can about the proclaimed virginity of Marjorie. And then upon thinking of Varys, she's like, oh yeah, where the fuck is this guy? <laughs> That's odd. Yeah, and again, she's the first one to apparently have this right. thought. Yeah. Um, it's like, why hasn't anyone else? I mean, you know, Jamie maybe would have. Jamie's deliberately not asking any questions, so maybe we shouldn't say that Jamie's being an idiot because yeah. Jamie actually knows what happened and doesn't want to say. Jamie just wants all of this to go away. Like he wants to open his eyes and have it all gone away. That's all he wants. Can you just imagine Jamie like climbing down into those tunnels, pretending to investigate? <laughs> like just the look on his face, sweating, and like, like <laughs> that's it. He probably didn't go all the way down. He probably went down. Sad. Didn't he say he, I think he says in his chapters he did though. I think oh, he okay. did go down there and like was, so, I think he probably it's so, funny because you know it's like he talks about how he would kill Tyrion now and it's like, do you think he would I mean like I think he probably would have killed him if he'd found him down there. I mean no, I, I would have like, seen Tyrion completely fucked up. You know, like imagine true. if you would have actually seen Tyrion after Tyrion did it. I mean, and this is the this is this is after the whole incident where they he Tyrion slapped him and he revealed yeah. about yeah yeah. So yeah. I mean, like we're talking That's like, different this is like than an the, hour yeah. or two after that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah there's. I mean, no, he would have seen. I mean, Tyrion would have been just a complete like it would have just been no. He would have. I don't know. Escape I don't again. Know. I think. I don't know. I think Jamie was probably pretty mad at him at that point, and he's so mad about Tywin. I mean, like we'll see that in his chapters, but I don't know. It's 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 interesting to imagine what must have been going through his head when he climbed down those stupid ladder and that thing, looking for whatever was down there. 
Um, but I love too how we have this kind of like a little bit of a, a, a line drop from Cersei about wanting to pull down the Tower of the Hand already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> already... Yes. I noticed that too, that foreshadowing that whole. And then there was bits about um, a moth fluttering in the flame, and she just wanted it to die already. And you know, oh, the yeah. first yeah. so interesting because I mean, it's all tied this whole fire thing and all these little. Well, you know, and the hand does not ar- the hand does not argue with the head. Like that's such an Aries thing to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it really is. And the funny thing is, like, everything that she's doing is about her demanding her right to be queen and to rule. And, like, there is so much Aries in that. I mean, like... Yeah, she also said, I am the only true son he ever had. So she's, like, so about, like... God, she's just in such a... <laughs> her right to rule i mean that's what you're hearing there is it is that she basically feels like it's her right and it's just it's really fascinating how utterly convinced she is that she's the only one who can do this job I i mean you get it she's had some success i mean she talks about how she handled things after robert died and like you can't argue that she really did handle things after robert died she did no not really except for the whole like letting Ned's head get chopped off and having that uh, like basically further further the War of Five Kings and letting Renly escape. Out True, of the but sea. she did ma- but I mean so like, like she said but as she says that she's like, you know, I didn't have time to deal with 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 Robert's brother. So she didn't get she acknowledges she didn't get a chance to deal with Renly and Stannis. But I mean if you're talking about the fact that Ned was actively trying to depose her, she actually did sidestep all that really pretty well and pretty quickly, really because she had to work pretty fast. I mean, not that I've written essays about, like, you know, taking control through coups and whatnot, but (laughs) I'm just going to say she controlled the time of Robert's death. So she could have very well controlled Renly getting in or or out of the capital and should have had him killed at the same time. You probably probably, couldn't have done there. Probably not Ned, but she also could have controlled Ned not getting his head chopped off if that's what she really wanted. Well, yeah, I, you know, in the books, it's less it's less clear how much objection she gives in, in the show. You see that she's clearly horrified in the books. It's like, she's there and she says something, but you're never really sure because it's Cersei, how upset she is about it. And she certainly never castigates Joff on the level that she does on the show for it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how much she really wanted to prevent it. I mean, like there's a bloodlust in Cersei. <laughs> you know well, and I mean? then, then after the fact of Ned getting killed, her very next act should have been killing Littlefinger. Mm who clearly worked against her interests right there. I'm, I might be a little bloodthirsty, apparently, too. Clearly you are. Kill around me. Kill Littlefinger. Kill, kill them all. She was probably killing them all. That's basically what her internal monologue is, though. She hates everyone. It's like everyone is useless to her. Like, I was just amazed by, like, no one is good enough. And I'm wondering, like, she really doesn't have any true friends, I imagine. And, like, so what... <sighs> I guess Kyburn killing them. (laughs) What is the? At what point do you like? I just don't know how you hold. And and obviously, that's why she doesn't. But how do you hold on to that when you have nothing to like? You know, yeah, it's contempt. She has only contempt for everyone around her. I mean, and it is full blown contempt too. It's like Jamie. Jamie gets a minute of compassion, and then it's just like, bam, no. She's calling him a cripple and he's letting her down. I mean, like, yeah, she she really, really, truly believes that she has a better idea how to do everything than anyone else around her. And it's it's pretty fascinating to see. I mean, you kind of have to love it. 
And, you know, people have pointed out, like, that. well, we're seeing her after Joffrey dies. We're seeing her potentially after there's a huge break in her mind somewhere. But, I mean, you get hints at this before, you know, I'm kind of reminding myself as I'm reading things that are spoilers that she did as a child. And I'm like, well, mm. you know, it's it's got to keep reminding myself that is so is it really that or is it just no, I, the, it was well, there, I you know, she, like, has was several. There. I mean, she has several personality disorders. Yeah, yeah, something is wrong. (laughs) Something's not right with Cersei. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, So, uh, upon thinking of Varys, she demands that Marin Chant retrieve him, and she adds squealing and squirming if need be. So he's going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) As he leaves, Boris Blount returns and announces that indeed. Tyrion has escaped. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Cersei is upset. She staggers and takes a seat. Blount offers her water and she thinks what she needs is blood. Tyrion's, she thinks of the witch's prophecy and how she can feel Tyrion's fingers closing around her neck. Oh, God. Well, and I love how she immediately, like, she finds out that there are these jailers who fell asleep and basically let Tyrion escape, and her first move is just kill him. Yeah. And it's like, Jamie in a later chapter will be like, why on earth wouldn't you question these right? guys? Yeah. Why would you just kill them? Well, one of the jailers is actually Varys. It's Rugen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Varys is probably Rugen, yes. Yep. So Varys would have, like, drugged them, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. yeah he did. He just got them killed. There you go, Varys. Collateral damage, huh? Yep. (laughs) It is a rough world out there. That's cold. Especially when Cersei's in charge, man. (laughs) Like, she's literally like, bring me blood, which is, to me, such another Eris moment. I mean, like, doesn't it sound like nutball crazy Eris? Could we go full soap opera and have Jaime and Cersei be twins, but with different fathers? (laughs) <laughs> oh. I can't I mean, that would be funny. That. <laughs> I like the idea too because then the two people she was most attracted to both Jamie and Rhaegar were her brothers so you know. oh. <laughs> oh, that would make a certain kind of sense now can you imagine oh, Cersei and Viserys married because <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 they're a lot alike they're a lot alike <laughs> he's kind of emotionally needy like that would not work out well for him Oh man, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh, I would love to watch that go down. <laughs> there's a fix somewhere. There's got to be. If there isn't, there soon happen. will be. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do it. Gift it to Guile. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please. Oh, did you notice uh, the next chapter is a Brienne chapter? I did. I noticed that. I had to read on until I saw her mention her pretty pony. (laughs) What do you make of that? (laughs) Nothing? Am I reading too much? Well, you have one chapter all about, like, blood and murder. (laughs) Blood and murder and power and horror. And then you have, you know, Brienne wandering the countryside (laughs) looking for little girls. Completely sane. (laughs) Yeah. It's a nice well, George, it's funny because both both Cersei and Brienne are are new POVs in these in these two first chapters, and George has this thing where he kind of tries to introduce his POVs as as what they'll be. I mean, it, it's funny. Like if you read um, Ariel Hota's like first chapter, say 
like I think just within his first line or two, it's very clear like that 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 Prince Doran is like the the focus of of his life basically. So you get the feeling that he's going to be a camera into into Prince Doran's life, and and it gives you an idea of what you're in for. And like with Brienne, like you jump in and it's like she's immediately like you know I'm looking for a maid of three and ten, and it's you know like the quest is her life. That's everything. And so then you look at Cersei's first chapter, and it's like kill them all. <laughs> no, she's like on the throne. She's like she dreams that she's on the Iron Throne. Right. That's like her beginning intro line. So it's just like that is what Cersei is. That is what she wants, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we're gonna see is her quest for the throne. That's a good point. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyone want to add anything about this chapter before we go on to the end stuff? I mean, it was entertaining, right? I know, I know, we weren't all super looking forward to doing Cersei chapters, but you gotta admit she's at least funny. I was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I love the Cersei chapters. She's a riot. Yes. <laughs> and I realized how much I love the Lannisters, like as a whole, like their family dynamic. It's just everything in it is just fascinating, oh, and there's all yeah. these layers. And I don't know, maybe I'm just prejudiced, you know, biased rather towards them. But uh, I mean, we are. But who cares? So much, they, I don't know. They just seem so much. I love it. <laughs> The other ones seem boring in comparison to all the other families, like the Starks and the... Right? <laughs> the Starks cough. <laughs> <laughs> Although I bet the Baratheons would be really fun to oh, like yeah. a dinner okay. with. That is a good point. <laughs> we needed some Baratheon POVs. Like, just, we needed a Bobby B POV, man. Ugh. Right? Oh, God, imagine that. Like, young Bobby B, horn and drinking. <laughs> Thinking about Ned the thinking about Ned the whole time, <laughs> and then this becomes a Crossing Swords episode. Yes, <laughs> yes, <Sorry. laughs> yes. Yeah, and maybe that is it too. We get a lot of the Lannisters interacting together more than a lot of the other families. Like a lot of other yeah. families are split up and far flung, and you know, at least in the you know. You know, I guess one thing you know, we I totally hear Chicky where you're coming from on the Aries as their father, but. I mean, I hope not for many reasons, but also in the sense of, like, the children are, like, the carbon copy of their parents. And because she's, you know, a freaking whack job, you know, she's therefore Aries' daughter. And, like, you know, I mean, that's really not realistic. I mean, sure, all the Starks are pretty dumb, but, I mean, that doesn't mean they're carbon <laughs> copies of Ned or, you know, Shireen is hardly a, you know, it, we're not, you know, we're not Viserys just our parent. Was. Viserys was. Well, that's the coin. Danny's gonna be. Rhaegar wasn't, though. You know, Rhaegar wasn't. Yeah, Rhaegar wasn't. Said, well, Danny's not insane. Yeah. Yet. So, right. Yeah, but George Martin <laughs> put in two sides of the coin that one's born, they're either born crazy or they're born, you know, gee, whatever. Isn't that, isn't yeah, that like yeah. for all of us, we're either born crazy or we're yeah. not? There's no middle ground. <laughs> There's no middle ground. You're crazy or you're not. Yeah, I'm just relating it to George Martin making a point of putting it in there, you know, that kind of thing. And it might be indicating that Danny's going to go crazy. And it's quite possible that he put in the whole, you know, teasers that to fool people to think that, you know, this one might be Targaryen. This might, you know, kind of definitely you know, teasing it. I only want one secret Targaryen. I just, ugh, I don't want a whole bunch. Nobody does. Secret Targaryen. Nah. <laughs> the more the merrier. I'm well, a secret I mean, Targaryen. Hell, like Rian might even be a secret Targaryen. <laughs> well, technically she she's a, not a secret Targaryen. She's just a Targaryen. <laughs> it's not it's secret. It's secret to us. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, that book is written by um, a Lannister or a, a master, so they ob- a maester, so they obviously, it's, like, known 
it is known that she is <laughs> Targaryen blood. Targaryen. It's probably just so far back at that point that no one thought it mattered. They didn't know the Baratheons were going to all, like, and they, you know, they think, you know, Tom and Joff and Marcella are, are Targaryens, too. Oh, they're all related. Everybody's related. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's a weird twisted tree, family tree. <laughs> All right, let's go on to. We got any questions or thank yous? I believe we do have some questions. Do you want to do questions and then we'll do a couple questions and then we do have some thank yous? Yeah, let's do it. So a lot of these are, you know, they're not going to be Cersei related yet. Um, Some of them are, but let's do a non Cersei one first. It's pretty short. Um, We have an anonymous question that came in. I have a feeling that Jamie is now fully devoted to his vows. He refused Pia in A Feast for Crows, not because of Cersei, because of his cloak. I think he won't have sex with Brienne because of the Kingsguard. I feel like he doesn't want to break any any vow anymore. Do you think it's possible? No. <laughs> Not even entertaining the thought. <laughs> well, it just isn't it isn't what we're seeing. I mean, we see that he still can make this differentiation. I mean, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying in the in the scene with Hildy where he's like, you know, no, she's more fit for Tyrion's bed and he's kind of kind of makes it seem like because he's a large commander, but like at the same time, he's very much into her. He just thinks he's too good for her. Like, he's, I don't he's, think it's so much. If he is thinking about wow. trebucheting a baby, he's thinking about getting it in. <laughs> yeah, well, think about think about when he's think about when he's at Derry and he's going to see Lancel. You know, and like he puts on his Lannister clothes, and it's like I'm on Lannister business. It's like no, his vows aren't everything. Like he's in there, like looking for personal whatever like right in the middle of a feast for crows so no i don't i don't think that yeah i I think it's kind of his vows mean that much well he's breaking his vow and he's yeah so like the whole quest for santa exactly he runs he runs off with brian he's not thinking Mm -hmm. about his vows right there he's gonna lose the it's coming. I mean, he's losing it that's it's clear that that's headed in that direction it's i mean i don't think coming all right closer I don't think Brienne would be interested in him doing it as a member of the King's Guard. Yeah, Brienne might. I mean, have she some would qualms, be, but you know. Well, she's that's why. That's another reason I think he's going to lose it. <laughs> he's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the King's Guard is probably going to dissolve. I have a feeling we're going to. And that, that whole, happen. you know, I've never understood the whole thing about the King's Guard, like that they stay on. It never really made a lot of sense to me. At some point, people are just not physically capable. They need to leave the King's Guard. Like I don't understand the King's Guard for life. Was kind of. Why I, do I you want a bunch of old decrepit knights? It doesn't. Right? It doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. The U.S. military doesn't do that. Most militaries. It, no, when you're, well, it's, I mean, when you're injured, clearly, you're kicked out. Clearly, these yeah. guys don't do that. I mean, like, look at yeah. just the chapter we were reading where she was talking about Boris Blunt. I mean, Cersei kicked Boris Blunt out of the King's Guard because he's the one who let Tommen go. Um, like in Clash, you know, when when Tyrion kidnapped Tommen. Um, Boris Blunt's the one who let him go, and Cersei actually kicked Boris Blunt out of the King's Guard. You know, and this is after she and Joffrey had had kicked out Barristan. Yeah. Um, it's kind so, of how like, it should be. I mean, as crappy as it was yeah. for Barristan, I mean, you don't have people in your elite force who can't do the job. You know, it's uh, exactly. And Jamie can't. Yeah. Like he just can't anymore. So he should be well, going. And you yeah. also don't necessarily have them. You don't necessarily have continuity between kings like that either. Like you would let the king choose their own guard. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're stuck with yeah. all these assholes. Yeah, like, this no. make it sa- yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird. Um, we have a couple, a couple of um, Cersei Tommen questions. Um, 
they kind of go together. If Cersei had to choose between Tommen's life and the throne, what do you think she would choose? And then, do you think Cersei was a good mother to Tommen? Oh, well, we know the answer to this because we see it later on. She chooses the throne. Like, Tommen, she thinks about Tommen getting a cold, and she's like, oh, no, he can't get sick and die because Marcella is so far away. How would I keep the throne? (laughs) Basically. Well, and just, I mean, I think we'll get into all the ways that she's a terrible mother to him, you know, throughout her upcoming chapters, so... Spoiler yeah, I mean, alert! She, yes, she loves she loves him mother. in her way. She loves him in the way that she's capable, but it is not a love like your mom probably loves you. Like, not, not everybody gets a great mom. <laughs> 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 yeah, not, not everybody gets a great mom. Yeah, and Tommen didn't get a great mom. Yeah, feel you, Tommen. Oh, poor Tommen. Poor Tommen. <laughs> so we um we have a bunch of thank yous and. Um, they go back our last couple episodes, so bear with me. Um, also bear with me because there's shows I don't watch, so I have no idea how to pronounce these people's names or even who they are. Okay, so, um, this should be good. <laughs> yeah, super good. So we have um, a message from Billy who says, I love you ladies, but how could you do a whole episode on ships similar to Jamie and Brianna and not talk about Rich and Michonne? Is that right? Yes, Okay, from the, Walking Dead. Yeah, dude. from the Walking I should, Dead. I'm, I, I ship the up. crap out of that. Me too. Yeah, I ship that <laughs> I am so hard. I ship, oh, I ship it, Ooh. I ship it, ship it. Yeah, Are you I, caught sorry, up? Sorry, never saw it. Oh, I'm, not caught, I'm not caught up, and I know that there are spoilers. Don't spoil me. Don't spoil me. Okay. Don't spoil me a lot. Okay, Don't okay, I'll, I'll shut up then. But yeah, totally Rashawn. I'm all about so, that. I have to take the blame for that since um, you I, I have no idea who they are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Um, well, I was just happy you guys mentioned Anne and Gilbert because that's well, the one I know. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good. Then we had another couple of suggestions that came in from um, Zuzu's Petals on the Jamie and Brienne board who um, suggested Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert and it happened mm-hmm. one night. And then um, in North and South... Um, the BBC adaptation with Richard Armitage. Um, yes, that's such a good one. Margaret's- oh, Mr. Thornton and Margaret. Yes, yes. I have not so, seen that. Neither have seen neither of those as well. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, if you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen that, watch it. That's a really, okay. really right. good BBC movie. I will do. Richard Armitage is fucking hot in that thing. I am telling you. And then um, someone named Lady of Tarth also posted. (laughs) She sounds lovely. Also suggested Strange Days. Um, Won't spoil the movie, but you'd agree. Good one, dude. Yeah. That's a good one. What's her face is totally Cersei, too. Uh, Juliette Lewis is in that. She totally is. Totally Cersei. Angela Bassett is so great. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> and we have a couple of messages about spouse cast, um, which I'm sure you guys are excited. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so the lovely Crystal Rose 29 says, oh, my God, I love the last spouse cast. The questions were awesomely creative and the answers were a riot. Mm-hmm. I had to text some of the questions to my Lord husband and we had fun <laughs> texting back and forth. Next time you play, we want to play, too. One of your best podcasts ever. Thank you, ladies, and your good sport <laughs> So uh-huh. thank you. Well, so nice. All the credit really goes to Whitey and Guile on that one because they formulated yeah. that episode. Oh, that's cool. It was so much. It was horrifying and mortifying, <laughs> but a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. And then our oversharing. Oh gosh. And we have a couple of um, a couple of emails came in from Lady Blade War Angel. Um. 
she has also had some good suggestions for some of the pairings. Um, belligerent sexual tension trope. She suggests um, a Judy Bloom Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing. Wow. Um, oh, I haven't read those in, you know, 30 years. I can't remember <laughs> what those stories are about. I've never and, read them. Xena um, and Gabrielle as well. Oh, yeah. didn't they get mentioned? They like- did, they did, yeah, yeah they I did. think. <laughs> or maybe Xena and Aries, because I was totally into that instead. <laughs> <laughs> so I, probably, I probably forced that. Not Xena and um, Joxer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, this is okay, everyone. Everyone, <laughs> everyone listening to the podcast, I'm just gonna embarrass myself, but yes. I would make up songs for my animals and remember Joxer had his theme song. Joxer Spidey runs <laughs> through the countryside. <laughs> little songs like that for my animals. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. She's Maisie, the mighty she runs through the countryside. Oh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, also, I mentioned the Greek myth where the couple fucks and then they're turned into lions. And apparently, um, the dude used apples rather than coins to attract his wife. Okay. That's a lot better than apples to me. <laughs> and then um, she, Ladyblade also sent us a message about Spouse Cast 2. Um, Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, Spouses. Oh my god, you brought back the spouses. I love how everything about this episode starts with OMG, by the way. <laughs> I'm so happy. Don't worry, Lot. Mr. Lot being into S&M is all cool. Okay, you know, when he said that, when he was like, she's going to be rubbery, I'm like, does he mean flexible? What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> then when I realized what he was saying, I just wanted to kick him right in the nads. <laughs> She says, I cracked up laughing, but I'm not sure if I should have been laughing. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure you should have yeah. been laughing. Yeah. Laugh at oh, my God. pain. All I could think of when cockroaches were mentioned was the episode of How I Met Your Mother where they're trying to prove that the cockamouse does, doesn't exist. Um, oh, my God. Oh. Magic dragon reference. All I can think of <laughs> that, that was so well typed. <laughs> or absinthe in juice hallucinations. God, I miss absinthe. Absinthe. <laughs> Say Abs- that like absinthe? that many times. Absinthe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love the prize at the end. You guys kill me. I'll be so excited to listen to the next podcast. Thanks to all of you for doing this. It just made me laugh after a rather difficult week. So I send you all hugs and eggplant because eggplant makes everything better. I don't like eggplant, but thank you. <laughs> eggplant, get out, get out now. <laughs> I love eggplant. All right, Eon gets all the eggplant. <laughs> you can have mine. <laughs> and I think that's it. And you know, it's been a while since we've gotten any um, iTunes reviews. A lot. Yeah. Is there any threats that you'd like to? Um, you know, mention? I was noticing at the stats the other day that the Philippines. We've gotten quite a bit of Filipino listeners in the past thirty <laughs> days. So I'm looking at you, Philippines. Oh. What up? What's good, Philippines? What <laughs> <laughs> is Filipino food? Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, send us a review right or some recipes, you know, whatever. <laughs> there you go. With some reci- Just send us recipes. We'd be perfectly happy with that, honestly. <laughs> recipes in lieu of reviews. <laughs> I love it. All right. So if you want to send us a message, please do so. Um, we will be discussing the Cersei chapters uh, quite a bit, as we've mentioned. So if you want to send us Cersei-related stuff, that's awesome. 
we're going to have that season six update again sometime this month, I believe. So any season six Game of Thrones stuff is much appreciated. And yeah, so you can do that through close the door and at gmail.com, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Reach us at Twitter at door podcast. And I just want to mention we're going to have the RPG coming out. Is it this month? Anyone? Uh, I yes, right? I think it's it's going to be out on Patreon, right? It is already on Patreon. It is on Patreon. And okay, it's been yeah. out for weeks, you suckers that aren't patrons. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was so fun doing that episode. Like, I literally pulled a muscle in my back from laughing so hard. <laughs> we all had laugh-related injuries from the latest <laughs> RPG episode. Yeah. So, but you're yeah, I don't know. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we are releasing it sometime. I, I got to figure out when. I yeah. think it's like late December, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But if you're a Patreon, you could have it right now. So that's at patreon.com forward slash close the door. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And as Guile mentioned, send us recipes on iTunes. Can you imagine iTunes would be like, what the hell? <laughs> is this podcast (laughs) actually everybody not just philippines anybody send us some recipes (laughs) your favorite family thanksgiving recipes yes that'd be good (laughs) yeah so if you're american or canadian you can send us thanksgiving recipes (laughs) the rest of you no (laughs) all right this was a lot of fun it felt good to be doing a book chapter again yeah yeah thanks dude i'm so happy to be doing book shit you yep oh oh um oh what i just i read today that it's start of the 90 day cutoff for um winds of winter to be to be given to an editor to make it out before the start of season six oh (laughs) yeah we got the promo poster today they are gonna they are gonna do got in april late april probably oh yay poster yeah. was so better than may right? <laughs> i mean like i'm sorry but how much better is that poster than any of the promotional material we've gotten for like the last two or three seasons i, I mean, it is the one of Tyrion on the bow of the boat with the dragon i hated that i thought that was i didn't like that and i don't like this one either it's so annoying from his head i don't care where it's coming from you know it's coming from somewhere it's awesome you know what's annoying about it is all like the twitter responses oh my god what does this mean all caps and Shut up. (laughs) Is anyone surprised? (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, also it's relieved that it's refreshing that they're actually showing him and not trying to keep it a secret anymore. How could they possibly make a trailer with, like, no Jon Snow in it since he's apparently been filming for, like, six months? Like, I think he's probably in a lot of the season. (laughs) They needed to, like, drop that whole thing really fast. I just felt like I've been forced to try to get hype about Jon Snow since, like, season one. I'm just over it. <laughs> they need to have a trailer just it. Gendry. Gendry, like, rowing. Yeah. Oh, was, God. Like, imagine. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, like, the exact Gendry rowing. Yeah. <laughs> just five minutes of test silence. No, you know what? They could just open with just, like, darkness and just the sound of someone rowing in the water, and that alone would cause so much hype. <laughs> Oh. Hope they're listening. You still need a spreadsheet person. <laughs> I'm do that horrible like teaser. What was that really failed thing that they did with that? Um, oh the god, oh. yeah, the site. Oh, that was so lame. They need to not do that. 
I just feel so bad because I, you know, I saw those people speak at South by Southwest and like there's, Aww. you know, yeah. <laughs> God bless them. They're trying. <laughs> well, and I, you know, it kind of makes me that jealous because they get like, video directly from the sets. Like they were getting it like as it was being shot, which wow. just made me want to shoot them. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel sorry. But not really. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy I'm podcasting, everybody. <laughs> All hate mail goes to, to Guile and Subterfuge at And recipes to our iTunes. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.